This is Ram Das here and now, and I'm Raghu Marcus with another episode. But before we go there, and by the way, this one is from way back. There's a whole thing that we're investigating, actually. All of the talks that Ram Das gave between the time he came back from India the first time, which was 1968, he came back early that year, I believe, and then he went back in the fall of 1970. So it's a little more than, so two and a half years or something. And these are the talks that comprised uh, Be Here Now, the book, and from Bindu to Ojas, the box set, that famous box set. And I'll talk more about that. But uh, we're happy to have uh, a company that's helping support us, which is really important uh, as we grow. And you've seen, if you're listening to Be Here Now Network or watching it on YouTube, as we we have been growing, and we have, uh, for instance, the latest edition is the Alan Watts podcast, and we have more coming. Mirabai Bush, uh, we have a psychedelic podcast coming with uh, Madison Margolin. So it all takes juice. It as Ramdas he speaks of it in this lecture. This talk has a great thing about the genesis of Be Here Now. It's worth it just for that. Never mind the rest, which I'll tell you about anyhow. So this company's name is Eaton Hemp. And they've got really right on CBD oil. And I think we all have heard about CBDs. They're everywhere. They're in every pharmacy. Uh, it's a, across the country almost, I think. Uh, but the uh, for for myself, I have used it, uh, CBD oil, uh, really around uh, inflammation, reducing inflammation. And it really does work. And it and it it's uh, not some. It does not get you stoned the way that some people would like to. Uh, but it is uh, it is really a healing substance. I have found it to be so. Eaton hemp. First, first thing is, and I won't go too far and bore you, but it is organic. This stuff's got to be organic, okay? Because otherwise, it sucks up really bad stuff from the soil. So. Uh, got to be organic, and theirs is organic. It's their own farm. I mean, they're wonderful people that are doing the right thing. And uh, uh, so what they're saying is they are going to, because of this podcast, you, uh, it's an offer. You can save 25% on all of the Eaton Hemp products and still get a money-back guarantee. If you don't like it, you can send it back. So just head over to EatonHemp.com slash be here now. That's Eaton, E-A-T-O-N, hemp, H-E-M-P, one word, dot com, slash be here now, and use the code be here now at the checkout. And so this is just a good opportunity. Obviously, they're supporting us, and uh, this is a way for uh, for them to see uh, how they can really share what it is they've done with with the products that they sell in a very conscious way. So Eaton Hem, CBD, and uh, please uh, take a look. Okay, so this podcast is an excerpt. I believe this is probably early 1969 because he talks about Purim, the Jewish holiday, and I think that's in the spring So uh, of 1969. I think. It could be 70. Who knows? But it is about social responsibility. And that is something, of course, Ramdas's whole teaching life, he was so very much uh, involved with social responsibility, social action, social consciousness. Um, uh, yeah, he did a lot of work over the, over the years, obviously. And what he basically talks about, uh, that... You know, we're we're all sitting in the illusion. We're, everything's based on the fact that we, uh, you know, the ignorance of separateness. He calls it identification 
a being makes with his container. I like that. Eh, what, that's so great. Yeah, my containers really got some problems around excessive thinking. Um, and it, so that can be, of course, all around body senses, thoughts, environment, hereditary. Um, that's what makes up the old container. So this, um, the whole nexus and the and and what's such a focus thing for Ramdas around social responsibility is, is the fact that you can't be doing anything if there's a big me there, and you really have to work on yourself. We have to work on ourselves in order for us to at least have the mindfulness of what we are doing in terms of giving and receiving. You know, who's giving and who's receiving. And uh, one of the great ways he points it out and also a great way to just understand it so viscerally and so immediately, and which is, and he uses this example, I can't lie to you because if I do... You have to be them. If I create more thems, I become more of an island unto myself. That's more uh, my words. But, uh, but that, that's the, it's all there. It's us and them. How often, I, I'm doing more podcasts on mind rolling, the other podcasts that I do. I really want to investigate more and more of what that, the psychological makeup and the reactivity we have that creates the us and the them. And and as he says here, uh, check into all the things that make up the container. You know, there's so many different, a heredity helps make up the container, right? So this, to me, this is the, uh, just the most, I think it's the most important uh it's a practice, and it's one of the most important perspectives that we can get a handle on, uh, because there's so many ways that we go south on it. Is social responsibility? You can't be doing it because someone says you should be. It can't, and that's the way it comes out of guilt. Is what he talks about, how he talks about it. So, why I think it's a method too, because. The, once you really enter into working on yourself so you're not a, attached to that big me that's going to help people or do things that are socially responsible, and if you have that going, then you have an ongoing chance to not have this extreme pers- uh, motivation that is self-interested. Uh, that's what the most difficult thing is to get to that... Uh, be here now play, shall we say. And speaking of be here now, so this, as I said before, this is just perfect. For, I, I, don't, I never heard this talk, by the way, because uh, it has some unique things in it that I would have remembered. And um, it's the story of how be here now got created in detail from Ramdas. And this is the 50th anniversary of be here now this year. So I thought, wow, okay, this is a terrific uh, description of exactly how that went on and how it happened. So it's wonderful. Where else is there to say? Uh, oh, and it's not just be here now. It's from, I think I mentioned this too before. From Bindu to Oja, you know, it was like a box set. And it, this all came from the Lama Foundation, which is still in existence in Taos, New Mexico. And... Uh, they put out a, a limited amount. They copied everything and put it into a pizza box uh, from Bindu to Ojas. Unfortunately, I hate to say, I don't think it's it's available um, anymore. I think it all went. I don't think they made that many of them. Anyhow, there is a great uh, part in Be Here Now, and it's called Cookbook for Awakening. So Be Here Now is my story. Be Here Now is the brown pages with all of Ram Dass's aphorisms, which he actually spoke at at lectures. That's how they got that. We have some of them, actually. We're going to start releasing them. 
And uh, the other major part of the book is the cookbook for awakening, which is all the different methods. And I, I just wanted to, just my own uh, experience around all the methods and people get very proprietary about their method uh, that can happen. That's our part of our little bit human predicament. But uh, Ramdas had at the back, you know, at the back of Be Here Now, Cookbook for Awakening. I mean, he covered the gamut of anything that anybody could possibly use as a way to come to become free. And the, one of the most important thing, and he says it in this talk, that uh, every the beauty of it, like one of the beauties of of Hinduism is the enormous amount of gods and goddesses and different practices all the way to non-duality. It's uh, just amazing. that. So no matter what your proclivity is, you absolutely have available, especially with what we have technology today, but this has been created that there is a method that fits everyone individually. And as Ramdas puts it, that's in harmony with our particular karma by the particular set of conditions that we are faced with and the causes, the causes happening in terms of the environment that you grew up in uh, individually, the kind of parents, the siblings, school, um, the incoming input of uh, television, uh, internet, just think of it historically, of, of more and more and more and more input. And that changes how exactly something can help one get through uh, free. And uh, that's the beauty of it all. I, I'm just really... We should be grateful that we have so much opportunity at our fingertips to be able to get with one, a particular th uh, method, a spiritual method uh, from chanting to meditation to mindfulness to uh, wisdom, reading holy books. And just, by the way, we're going to have, we're going to take us just some, a, a few of the different methods from the cookbook for awakening are going to be on, in September, there's going to be a daily, I don't know, three-week thing that every day you get all these great short aphorisms and talks from Ramdas or a little video or text, whatever, every day uh, around different subjects that are part of the, not different subjects, different methods. So, um Let's look for that. Meanwhile, I think that now we can turn to Ramdas, and this is, I think, I believe 1969, Social Responsibility, and this was the core of his teachings for the, the last 50 years. So there you go. We'll see you next week on Ramdas Here and Now. We play games because we've forgotten, because we are caught in the illusion. The illusion is based on the ignorance of separateness. It's based on the identification that an individual, a being, makes with his container. His container being that of him which was born into nature, meaning his body, his senses, his thoughts his environment, his heredity. You and I are in the midst of a melodrama at this moment. Consciousness is that we can see and understand that we are in the midst of a melodrama at this moment. If you play Hamlet, when you go off the stage, you finish playing Hamlet. Now, within the illusion is suffering. That suffering is our suffering. 
The Biafran mouth is our mouth. We don't put food in the Biafran mouth if we put food in the Biafran mouth because it's his mouth. Any more than you, your hand that picks up the spoon, puts food in his mouth. I'll feed him today. True. Right. Same thing. I'll feed him today. I'll feed him today. Whose mouth? Which of our mouths are you going to feed now? I have a lot of wheat. Who has wheat? We have wheat. I will give you wheat if you appreciate that I have given you wheat. Forget it, baby. Who can afford it? That's like cooking with anger, you know? Now, would you say, well, then a starving person shouldn't accept the wheat? No. Take the wheat, but don't buy the model. Take the wheat and give the person who gives the wheat in return the total love that comes out of usness. Because when a person gives, they suck you into a contract of receiving. And for giving and receiving to occur, there have to be two of us. If there's only one of us, who's giving? Your left hand's giving you right hand? Here we are. The interesting thing is that we have come out of a culture where we were taught a set of moral, an ethic, a set of rules of the game about how you're supposed to do it with other human beings. And we're so used to doing it because somebody told us to do it or because we're guilty if we don't do it or because we think we ought to do it, okay. that it's hard to understand that a conscious being is at the same moment beyond law and thoroughly moral, in that he does many of the things that a person in the illusion does out of fear or guilt or cultural learning or habit but he does them because they're the obvious thing to do. I mean, I can't lie to you, because if I lie to you, you've got to be them. I've got to be straight with you. I can't afford anything else, because if I create more thems, I'm just isolating myself, becoming an island under myself more and more. I can't afford it. Social responsibility doesn't come out of somebody saying, you should be socially responsible. Because that kind of social responsibility comes with guilt and it comes with anger and it means doing something good for them and at the same moment you're increasing the themness in the universe. And that is the peculiar predicament of activism, 1969. That we that we absorbed huge amounts of new energy because many, many, many millions of people came much more into the here and now. They came into the here and now through so many overdetermined factors, through changing of the cultural mores, through psychedelics, through television, through on and on and on and on, through crises in the world, through the going to the moon and seeing that the earth is a village and so on. All of that stuff fed into us coming into the here and now, many of us. And that here and nowness released huge amounts of energy. And we all began to dig about ecology suddenly. Because when we threw a piece of paper out of the window of our car, we were the one in the car behind it that was going to have to look at it. And when we belched the smoke out of our exhaust, we had to smell it. You couldn't keep going because it was all a circle and you kept coming back. And here we all are. We're all stuck together. So now what? Ecology is a product of consciousness. That ecological awareness, not ecology, but the awareness of the predicament that finally we go as Florence Cluckholm's distinction from being a culture that is man over nature 
the mastery of the rational mind will control it all for our own gratification to understanding that the Tao is true, that we are part of it, and that all we can do is figure out how to live in harmony with it. And in fact, the next level of opening, the next level of powers, the next level of it all comes from merging into larger and larger units because when you identify with a larger boundary of self, then more energy is capable of passing through the system. And when you get to the point where, as Christ said, hedge but faith, he could move mountains, you are expanded so much that you are the mountain, and when you get up and move, it moves. You don't sit around and push the mountain. <laughs> Social responsibility doesn't come out of guilt, and it doesn't come out of a feeling that one has to be socially responsible. It comes out of that's the only thing you can do. You try to explain to us about reincarnation and karma, and how karma says it's all determined. And somebody says, well, if that's true, then I don't have to do anything. And I always say, well, that's right. In fact, Buddha says, as long as you think you're doing anything, you're stuck. The guy says, all right, I won't do anything. He's in this world of doing. He's going to do nothing. Do you say, okay, which nothing are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to lie in bed, man. Well, that's a good nothing. We'll start with that. Okay. What are you doing? I'm doing nothing. All right, keep doing nothing. Now what are you doing? Well, I'm hungry. Oh but I'm not going to do anything. Right. Well, I guess I'll go to the refrigerator and get some food. But I'm not really doing anything. You understand that? Gee, there's no food in the refrigerator. Well, I'll have to go and get some. Well, I'll have to get a job to get some bread, to get some bread to, you know. But I'm not doing anything. I want you to understand. I am not going to do a thing. Okay, don't do anything. Try staying in your body, see, and not doing anything. It's very far out. You're going to breathe? Come on. I thought you said you weren't going to do anything. I mean, is it your time to do nothing, or are you in a doing something trip in this body? And if you're in a doing something trip, then what do you do? Well, we got all this time and eternity to hang out. What do we do? Since there's nothing to do anyway, what are we going to do? And then you begin to understand that before Satori you chop wood and carry water, and after Satori you chop wood and you carry water. Ah, but what a difference. What a difference. Before Satori, the mountain is a mountain. In Satori, the mountain is not a mountain. And after Satori, the mountain is a mountain. When you have finished the whole round, and you are still in this body, you are in the world of no mind. You're not super-thinking your life anymore. Your thinking apparatus is a response mechanism, just like everything else. And you're just being here, and it's all happening. The funny thing is that as long as you think you're doing something, most of the time you're doing exactly the opposite of what you think you're doing. Take if you protest against war. If you protest against war because you're angry at them for creating war, 
you create in another part of us the feeling that they are them. They, in turn, look at that which created that very cold draft on their neck as them. And so you can watch hippies create police and police create hippies and each one saying, we've got to have more to deal with them. They're getting stronger, if you notice, there better be more of us. Because as long as you act with attachment, and this is the secret of the game, as long as you act with attachment, you are acting from within the illusion, and within the illusion the laws are unbreakable, and one of the laws is the law of action and reaction. Laws of action and reaction. So the simple rule of the game, the way I figured it out at this point, is you can protest, and for many people it is their karmic thing to protest. It is just as honorable to protest as to collect garbage, or as to be a president. It's no more and no less. It is your thing when you do it honestly and openly and in harmony with the universe. You can protest when you can love that which you protest he who you protest against, he whom you protest against, equally as much as you love yourself. If you love that other person one smidgen less, forget it, man. Because you're creating just the opposite of what you thought you were doing. The rule of the game is so simple. Desire creates the universe. If you want to live in a loving universe, you become a loving human being. You want to live in a truthful universe, you don't knock others for being untruthful, you become truthful. Because in the presence of absolute truth, you free everybody else to tell the truth to. If you want to live in beauty, become beautiful. Because you don't, you see, each of us is a light that lights the environment which we are looking at all the time. And if you are trying to live in more light, you be more light. It's simple, it's such a simple game. You talk about social responsibility and it doesn't matter what I'm doing while I'm working on centering and becoming more light. It would be nice if I could be in a place that's designed for centering and seeing more light. But I'm right here now, and therefore what I'm doing at this moment is part of my sadhana. Part of what you're doing at this moment is your sadhana. If you are sitting at this moment thinking, and I say to you, who are you, and you say, I am somebody who's listening to a lecture, forget it. It's just an identification with another one of your roles. As I always say, central casting made us all up for the evening. See? Mixed audience, mixed city audience, send over a mixed city audience. See? And send a holy man. See? And a stage background, you know, do the whole thing. We'll do it in a church, right? Okay. We'll run it through, we can probably run it through with all these extras, we can do it in one evening. See? At the end of the night, we're all done. You're going to take it seriously? Who are you? I, walking down the street, Central Park West, somebody says, who are you? I am part of the audience at the Universalist Church. I am somebody who was just listening to a lecture. <laughs> wow, Eleanor Rigby. The fact is, you're right here now. You also happen to be listening to a lecture. Here and now is exactly where the place is. See, the game is so exquisite. Where here and now is. I say to you, where are you? Say, I'm here. Oh, what time is it? It's now. Okay. I call you at around 3.15 tomorrow morning. Hello? Sorry to bother you. Where are you? I'm here. What time is it? It's now. 
Where do you think two weeks from next Thursday at 3.22 you're going to be? Huh? I'll tell you. See, I know because I have great powers. <laughs> you're going to be right here, and it's going to be right now. You're totally trapped. You can never go anywhere again. Okay. Well, you can go on the street. <laughs> you think that's going somewhere, huh? <laughs> oh, this is a big compound. You'll never even notice. <laughs> there was a beautiful short story that I've talked about many times in the New Yorker about um, a little boy in Central Park who was uh, being tormented by some other boys, and they chased him up a tree, and as he was climbing the tree, he looked back at them and he said, I'm making you chase me up this tree. And they said, no, you're not. And he said, I'm making you say, no, you're not. <laughs> and they were infuriated, and they said, no, you're not. And he said, I'm making you say that too. And they finally said, let's leave the crybaby. And they started to walk out towards this avenue. And he yelled after them, I'm making you walk away. And he says, everything you do for the rest of your life, I've made you do. <laughs> so go ahead, leave. <laughs> Where do you think you can go? It's like Ramana Maharshi was dying of cancer, and they said, save yourself, this wonderful story, save yourself. And he said, no, the body's had its thing, it's pretty done. And they said, you can stop it. He says, no, Bhagwan, you can make your body well. He says, no, it's, it's karma's over. And they said, don't leave us, don't leave us. And they all started to cry, his devotees. And he looked and he said, don't be silly. Where can I go? <laughs> That's the Jewish mother Indian response. <laughs> so where can I go? Every Jewish mother knew that. See? Here we'd all be, right here now. Now, why this particular game this evening, a word about that is interesting. This is the first of three evenings, darshans, a gathering in the spirit, a point of view at every level, points of view. Next week, it'll be Sunday instead of Saturday, and it'll be at Hunter College in Maine Auditorium, which is huge, scary. And the next week it'll be Saturday again at Hunter's, so it's the 22nd and 28th. Now, you all put bread in the pot to come in here. And that's pretty weird, because everything I'm saying you already know. And if I'm what I'm supposed to be, what am I charging you bread to tell you about what it is you already know for? In a house of God. I mean, it certainly is suspect from where I'm sitting. Well... Alpert went just like the rest of them. <laughs> See, I've been, uh, usually I drive around in a 1938 Buick, and I can get away with that, and it's all cool. Nobody comes on about a sadhu living too high because it's an old Buick, you know, and it, you up-level through a new trip. Then I was given, the Buick broke down, and I was given a great little Volvo station wagon by very loving people. So I thought, well, I can pull this one off. Pretty cool. And then I was in California, and somebody gave me a Jaguar. And I thought, uh-oh, you know. And it's a Rolls, and then it's twin-engine airplanes, and wow. There goes the holy man. Wow! <laughs> and I thought, I'm not sure I can afford this car. <laughs> you know, it may fan the sparks too much. I may, I'm driving a Jaguar. <laughs> Rough karma. Yoga.
Well, this money trip is interesting. I was sitting in the temple in India, and the scene that was happening to me in India, which I assume most of you know about one way or another, there are lots of tapes and stuff about them, that story, and it's been around a lot. Uh, the thing was so far out that I decided to take notes, as any good Westerner would. Thanks. So I was sort of keeping a secret little diary, you know, of, you know what happened yesterday? You know, it's like, ooh, wait until I hear about this back home. Okay. And one day I got a message from the guru saying, Maharaji sends his ashirbad, his blessing, for your book. So I thought, what book is that? And I said, what book is that? And they said, whatever book it is you're writing. So I, uh, when I came back to the United States, I sat down at my typewriter, responsibly, and wrote a book. And all the publishers turned it down. And they said, well, we've had a lot of run on these holy stories. And it's very interesting, and maybe, you know, they would be interested, but it's in our line is filled for the season. So I thought, well, obviously this must not be the book he had in mind, because if he's anybody, he's obviously the publishing company, and he's not going to turn down his own book. It takes a while for that to sneak up on you, see, because you've got to go through a lot of changes, because we haven't yet really discussed what gurus are since they aren't real, <laughs> in the illusionary sense. <laughs> so I figured I'd wait. And so uh, all the time these evenings were going on, people were taping them. You see, pretty soon it gets so there's just a big row of microphones, and one man at the console, console you know, <laughs> and... Tape recorder, Sony has replaced people. And then there's this groovy chick in New York, Lillian North, and Lillian wanted to type these. That it would be great for her sadhana to type these tapes. So she typed this fantastic stack of tapes. And then we were out on the West Coast, and this fellow, this writer John Blybetrow, was looking through the manuscripts of these tapes, and he says, you know, there are two guys in these tapes there is like a heavy professor, you know, who's teaching. And then there's this far-out being that speaks now and then. It comes out like an iambic pentameter. So he said, you know, the heavy teaching is really a drag, but if we cut out all that, you know, it would really be beautiful. So we cut it all out and we just put the high pieces together. And it reads like the Tao, you know, it's like, because here we all are, we're just saying, yeah, wow, ooh, ah, truth, light, beauty, ah, yes, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. So we made this into a manuscript with 108 pages, obviously. <laughs> and that we decided we should hand rubber stamp and then photo offset so that it would have a personal thing all the way through, you know, each letter and painted artwork around it and stuff. Then somebody said, well, if you're going to go to all that trouble of writing a book, you did this bibliography, would you include that? Well, a bibliography in a book of Tao, you know, it seems a little heavy, but okay, if you want it, you're us, here we go. Somebody else said, say, you've got these groovy pictures in your, in your, around your puja table, could you include some Holy pictures? Okay. Would you put in two copies so we don't have to tear the book when we get some things to put up on the wall? Sure, okay. Include Ramakrishna and Ramana Maharshi and Christ and Buddha and Moses, Hand of God and Mount Kailash and all the things. Then somebody said, um, You've got all these quotes from holy beings all around, these quotes. Would you include some of them? All right, well, we'll make up a set of cards, and you can stick them up on your wall. See, with quotes to wake you up. You can stick them all around your toilet in the morning. See, so you're standing up, going to the bathroom, and the sign says, there is no doer. That's a good one. Remember again.
here too. That's what mantra is about. You see, when you live your life with mantra, it's constantly saying, wow, baby, see how it is? Look what you thought you were doing. Then somebody said, you know, there are a lot of things like methods of breathing and body and getting straight with diets and stuff like that. What we need really is a cookbook for psychic space. Could you add some of that stuff in? Okay, we'll put that in. And somebody said, you know, the, the original story of your trip to India, the groovy thing, I'd like to lay it on my parents, on my parole officer. You know, could you put something in I could give to my parole officer? Okay, cool, man, we'll put that in. And somebody said, you know, the chanting is so beautiful and it would be groovy to get the bhakti thing going. If we could only chant and, and do mantra, could you maybe put one of those throwaway records in, you know? That, okay, we'll put that in. So then it turned out that it wasn't a book anymore, it was a box. Okay? And the box is called From Bindu to Ojas meaning from, well, one way of saying from sexual to spiritual energy. It's the raising of energy up the sky. The conversion of west to east to one. It's the awakening process. It's coming in a higher consciousness. So at the moment, there's a group of us in New Mexico and California and New York and all around who are collaborating on this venture, all of us, and we're going to do 20,000 copies of it. We're going to give it away because it's for us. Now, you have paid front money for this book, which entitles you, of course, at least, you know, since you're asking this much to have, you know, used up a night in your life. <laughs> so when you go out, there'll be a card there for you if you want it. You take the card home and you write your name and address on it and put a stamp on it and send it to Lama, New Mexico. It's all written on the card. And then when the book's ready, maybe summer solstice, maybe after, we will let you know. We'll say, your book's ready. Do you want it? And if you want it, you get it. Okay? All right. And that's Maharaji's book. I mean, it's his idea. It's not ours. <laughs> we are just Hanuman. We're his servant. We're just doing it for him. So this is all part of that process. It's like... We were singing before the beautiful uh, Yogananda song, I am a bubble, make me the sea, I am a bubble, make me the sea. Wave of the sea, dissolve the sea, wave of the sea, dissolve the sea. Well, all this is just waves, waves of awakening, waves of spirit. And we're all, we're in people's parks and we're in movements and all kinds of actions. We're in rock and roll consciousness, we are... We are in awakening in all domains. Even where we seem to be most asleep, we are awakening. Inevitably, inevitably, inexorably. If you don't want a card, you don't have to have one. And if it turns out that we can't raise all the bread we need for the book, which is about $30,000, I've been speaking to us every night now, or roughly four or five nights a week, Los Angeles, Eugene, Oregon, San Francisco, Chicago, Montreal. We're all here. We're all the same people. And we're all asking the same questions. We're all asking about social responsibility and what's illusion and what's game and how you get out of it and how you live beautifully, and how you live with honor, and how you honor your parents and still be the, do it without attachment. And if you give up attachment, will it mean you're empty and dead, and on and on and on. We are all at the same place, always. We are a psychic space in the West at this moment. We're a leading edge of a wave. But there's no reason to get, I'm a leading edge. I'm one of the leading edge. We'll put out a pin. You are the leading edge, see? I've joined the leading edge. I've switched. I've switched. I've switched to the leading edge. Because it's very much like ocean gives rise to mist, which turns into clouds, which makes raindrops, which falls into the ocean. So if you're a raindrop, don't sit around saying, ha, 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 I'm a raindrop, and you're only mist. Because it's just... 
It's all just the thoughts of Shiva as he sits there just watching. Ha ha ha. In the succeeding couple of evenings, we're going to talk specifically about the methods that are described by Patanjali or Patanjali in Ashtanga Yoga, which is just a means of getting straight. It's a very eclectic way of getting straight, and it includes everything else, so you have to worry. It's not me against you. I'll come, but unless you do it my way, your way too, of course. Because every being has to find his own upaya. I'm about ready to stop talking, but I want to read to you one more really groovy quote from Meister Eckhart, the Christian mystic. He says, Whatever the way that leads you most frequently to awareness of God, follow that way. And if another way appears, different from the first, and you quit the first and take the second, and the second works, it's all right. It would be nobler and better, however, to achieve rest and security through evenness, by which one might take God and enjoy him in any manner, in anything, and not have to delay and hunt around for your special way. That has been my joy. To this end, all kinds of activities may contribute and any work may be a help. But if it does not, let it go. Each of us finds an upaya, a method, that is in harmony with our particular karma at this moment by the particular way in which we're waking up, the particular set of conditions. Embrace your way, follow your way, knowing that ultimately every way is the way. When Jesus says, I am the way, he is saying, I am the Tao. The way is the way and the means are the ends. All methods are helps and they are all traps. And finally, you must transcend your method, even though it be the method of faith. Because dualism doesn't make it all the way. It just takes you to the door. So for these next few evenings, next Sunday and then the Saturday after, we'll explore methods. We are going to do a method right now, which is kirtan. Kirtan means singing the name of God, singing the praise of God. And we're going to sing the praise of Ram. Now, the thing about singing kirtan is that it's not a sing-along with Mitch type thing. The game is, don't be the singer, just let it happen through you. And if you don't feel it happening through you, you don't sing. Nobody's counting. Nobody's counting. Singing kirtan is a form of bhakti yoga. It's a form of, well, it's really a form of more than bhakti yoga. It's also bringing the mind to one-pointedness. Because you place, you sing to a being. It's like lover and beloved. And you sing and sing and sing until you merge into that with which you're singing. When we honor God and our hearts are pure enough and we honor God in any form, we come into the spirit, we come into the presence of God. And finally we just merge into one. You can't try. You know the Tao says, try and the world is beyond the winning. You can't try. We'll just hang out with God. It's his will. It's not ours anyway. And he knows what he's doing. We are him. You know what you're doing. 
And when we finish chanting, or when we're chanting, whenever you feel that it's time for the next part of the drama to unfold, for you to leave, go out into wherever you go, go ahead, because we're always going to be here now. Hakuin, the Zen poet, says, the monk, the Roshi, says, your coming and going is nowhere but where you are. If you're here, you're always here. So I would suggest that one of the interesting things to use to stay in the here and now is silence. And maybe when you finish singing, just carry the sound inside and be silent. You know, there's nothing really to say. We don't have to keep talking. We don't have to keep reassuring each other we're here. We know we're here. Just carry the silence with you as a center and then just watch it all happen. Watch the drama unfold of which you are one of the actors. And sit in this psychic space with Ram. Before we start to sing, I would say that in India when we meet and when we part, Instead of saying, hi, man, how are you doing? What's happening? See you later. We say something that's like shalom, with all of its profound meaning. Shalom reminds me that this is the Purim season, and Purim is a holiday of joy, and joy is truly getting drunk on the love of God. And a very beautiful rabbi said the other night, the way to get rid of evil in the world is to get drunk. Get so drunk on the love of God that there's only us. And to remind us who we really are, in India we say, Namaste. In some places we say, Namaskar. Namaste means I honor the Atman within. I honor the light. I honor the place in you where we are one. And just simple shalom or namaste reminds us that we are involved in the eternal unfolding of the divine manifestation. Namaste. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at Ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you.